0: The words we heard uh, in this anthem are the words of a joyful spirit. They spring from a heart filled with joy. Clap your hands and sing hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. So they come from a heart filled with joy. And in fact, that is what we do when we gather together to worship each week. We don't just come together and sing. When we sing, we're putting all our voices together. That's why we encourage everyone to sing, whether you think your voice sounds nice or not, because it's not about how well you sing, but it's about singing our praises to God all together, and in doing that, we create a joyful voice. And I think coming each week, whether or whatever, uh, however our weeks may have been, singing from that uh, place of a joyful heart, I think that's great. But can we sing? And we live our lives joyfully. I think we should ask ourselves this question. Do I live with joy in my heart? When I wake up in the morning, do I see a bright and hopeful day ahead of me? Or do I see a dark and gloomy day ahead? What do you see when you wake up in the morning? You live each day. In your heart. The reality is, it can be hard to live with joy, it can be very difficult. We want to, but in reality, living with joy can be very difficult. When we look around us, we don't see much to be all that joyful about We are surrounded by our worries and our problems. A lot of times that's what we see when we look around us. In our busy life we can't seem to find a moment's rest to really be joyful and as prayed, pray with what's happening around the world as we speak there's so much darkness that we see violence destruction and suffering it's as if war in ukraine is now almost forgotten because of what's happening and there's an earthquake that happened, which we don't really hear that much. It's just all the things that are going on right now, even too much for us even you know, on the other side to hear and just kind of digest. So we say, "If only, if only everything was okay. If only all these problems that I see just one day would disappear, all just resolve themselves." If only all was the right in the world, then maybe I'll rejoice. And maybe I'll rejoice. Yet St. Paul tells us today, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. He doesn't stop there. Right away, he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Rejoice and rejoice. Rejoice always. These words may not be easy for us to accept so quickly when we hear them. Somewhere deep within us, we want to reason why we can't. we should rejoice. But here's the irony. The irony here is that, circumstantially, Paul himself wasn't in a really good place when he wrote these words. When you just read it, it sounds like he's having a great time. He's experiencing a lot of good things in life. And just he's telling others, rejoice. Rejoice always. But if you look at the situation that he was in, it's far from it. He was in prison when he said, rejoice. Being in prison, it's not like being in prison right now, these days. Being in prison back then was, you just never knew what tomorrow held in store for you. When Paul wrote these words, he never knew he would live to see another day. And also while in prison, he also heard about this conflict that happened between these two women in the Philippian church he is so fond of. Him. But he realized that these two women have really worked hard with him building you know up this community. They had the, the screen. So there's tension, conflict. And Paul is a pastor, after all, it pretty, pretty much cost him a bit of money. As a pastor, one of the most difficult things is when members get into uh, conflict and in discreet. The but demands of other work we can handle. But relational conflicts are what brings the source of greatest stress and tension. Yet in his letter to the Philippians, he says, Rejoice always. Rejoice. Philippians, out of all the letters that Paul wrote, is known as Paul's most joyful epistle. In the, letter. the words rejoice or joy, it's only four chapters. But in those four chapters, the words "rejoice" or "joy" appears about eleven times. He says, "I rejoice," "joyful." One of these words appeared quite often. This goes to show that Paul had a very different understanding of joy. For him, joy wasn't about just having an emotional response to our circumstances. That's how we often tend to understand joy. When something good happens. It's our emotional response to it. When the problems that you're struggling with finally result, you joy. We understand joy as a certain emotional high and is entirely dependent on our circumstances. When things are going well, we're joy. When we experience good things, we're joy. But if that was the case, then Paul had nothing to rejoice in. But Paul rejoiced not because everything was going well in his life, but because behind the immediate circumstances of his life, he was able to see clearly God's hand at work. Not just in his own life, but in the life of the community that he so He was able to see in both. That's why in today's letter he wrote, Rejoice always. In the Friday Bible study, um, I'm sure that those who participated have uh, learned that when Paul encountered Jesus, he didn't encounter the historical Jesus, he encountered the living Christ. And when he encountered the living Christ, Paul saw something very clearly and vividly, which was that he saw the old age, old things pass away, That's why you hear and see things like "the old has," "Behold, there is a new creation." He saw something when he had that mystical experience and encounter of encountering the new Christ, and this completely transformed his perspective in life. Whereas before he only saw this much, now his perspective just broadened so much And he couldn't go back the way he was before, how he saw it. That's why earlier in Philippians he says something like this I am confident of this, that the one who began a be good work will continue to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I am confident of this. And he's talking about something that has begun and has com- continued to be completed, even though we may not see. So in any and all circumstances, Paul saw the power of living Christ And so he rejoiced regardless of the circumstances. He didn't run away from them. He faced them, stayed with them. And yet he rejoiced regardless of what happened. In our own journey, it's sometimes very difficult to see this. sounds very nice on paper, but a hard experience we have.
1: In last week's sermon,
0: Reverend Kim said, How easily we forget God's grace. It was on Thanksgiving Day, but we reflected on how easily we forget God's grace. We are blessed with so much, but yet we easily forget God's grace that's present. He called it spiritual amnesia. But just as we don't remember too well, I don't think we don't see all that well either. Spiritually, I think we suffer from nearsightedness. Just only see what's in, in front of us. In that sense, we suffer from spiritual blindness. I think spiritual blindness is an obstacle to a life of rejoicing. The difficult thing about seeing is that we can't force ourselves to see what we cannot see. That's the most difficult thing. We know it, but just because we know we can't force ourselves to see what we cannot see. Ultimately, it is God who opens our eyes. But in order to see what we ought to see, we can do one thing, and that is, Let go of our fears our worries. Let go of our prejudice, and stubborn ways of thinking. And most important, let go of our desire to control. If we don't let go by our will alone, we let go through prayer. That's what St. Paul said this. Do not be anxious about anything in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to you. in everything not just in something but everything by prayer and supplication let your requests be made known to you. there's no other way to really let go of your soul desperate people beyond you other than you. as long as we let All these things that we just mentioned have hold over us. We will only see what is right in front of our eyes. Our eyes will be fixed on the darkness that we see. And looking at this darkness for so long, we ourselves will become dark, negative, and sinful. But when we learn to like these things and entrust them in God's hands, we will be free to see what we could not see When Paul encountered the living Christ, he described the experience as scales falling from his eyes. Dropping from his eyes. He experienced something happening. The same way. The scales will fall from our eyes. We will find a little bit of sunshine in the darkest We will see our foggy horizon for us, clearing up. And we will experience a deep sense of calm in the midst of Isn't that what Paul said? Verses 6 and 7, we read them usually in one go. But in the second half, I think it's important to see what he says. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. surpasses all understanding that we can't comprehend even rationally will guard our hearts Jesus. this shows that rejoicing comes from hearts and minds that are surrounded by the peace of God. how can you rejoice when your hearts are not at peace when your hearts are anxious and tense and divine power that sense, joy and peace are very much connected. We rejoice because we trust that God who began the good work in Christ is still at work in In that sense, joy is not just some feeling. Yes, we may experience and it, feel but it's not just some is joy is not some weird display of excitement. Sure, it may come out that way. But I think we just have a very narrow conception of what joy is and what joy looks like. Joy is our attitude, has more to do with the attitude towards life. Joy has to do with our way of being. It's much deeper than what's here on the surface. It's more like quiet confidence, assurance, and inner gladness. No matter what might be going on, you have a sense of There's A sense of quiet confidence. Always, we rejoice today and not tomorrow, and we rejoice today, how many times we rejoice? Always has to do with our way of life, our way of being. And we can rejoice always because our attitude is not easily change and will not easily change according to our circumstances. Don't mistake what I'm saying as being. Invincible. So we think, well, now that I have this, I Nothing will uh, bother me. That's not what I'm saying. We will always be affected by what happens to us. As humans, we are fragile and vulnerable. We will get sad, angry, frustrated, disappointed. Right after this worship, you might get angry. You might be affected by something that happens. Because no, we are not of this world. We are still in it. We breathe the same air. So of course, we will be offended by this. But the difference is, our joy will keep us from being overcome by the power of darkness that threatens through smallness. It will make us strong, resilient, and hopeful. That's what joy does. What Paul is saying here in today's passage is nothing new, new. Even when you go back into the Old Testament, you see the picture of rejoicing very clearly and very vividly. Hear what Prophet that said: Though the fig tree does not blossom and no fruit is on the vines, though the produce of the olive fails and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there is no hurt in silence. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will exalt in the God of my salvation. Yet, I will rejoice. Even though I don't see anything in front of me to rejoice about, yet, I will rejoice. Despite, in spite of all these things, I will rejoice. It is a bold and powerful declaration.
1: To rejoice when
0: there seems to be no reason to rejoice. Now, it's not spirit, but and as people of the resurrection, we live by this faith. Just, God, let us stand firm. Let us stand firm. No matter what may be happening in our lives, let us not give up or easily What we often see with our own eyes is only grant us His wisdom and show us what to do. God will give us the eyes of faith to see what is good in the midst of darkness and evil that we see, and the strength to do what is good. And joy itself to flow out of our life, without us even trying to force it, and stream. We rejoice because we know God is good all the time. We've said this in our worship. As a declaration, we know that God is good all the time. We rejoice because we know that the darkness we see will not have the last word. And we rejoice because we are people who live by the power of resurrection. What else are we? We live. Joyce always, especially in times difficult, go through unexpected challenges, let us stand firm.